You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, His Word, Your Heart. Enjoy. You can do Christianity all kinds of ways, but if you want the real Jesus, you've got to get to know His heart. You've got to get to know what He said, not what your pastor said, not what your religious tradition says. So we're going to talk about doing Christianity today, all right? And the title of this is called, His Word, Your Heart. His Word, Your Heart. I don't remember how long, how long ago it was, um, maybe 10 years ago, but Jennifer wanted some raised gardens uh, on, our, on our property, and um, we got some raised gardens. We, we prepared a place to grow things. And I don't remember the dimensions of them. Do you, Jen? I don't remember what the dimensions were. Maybe, yeah, maybe eight by four or a little bigger than that. But anyway, there was four of them at that time. And we, we, we set aside the space on our property and we prepared the space. We, we built uh, frames for them, got topsoil from them, good soil from them. And we did all of that to prepare a place to grow things that we wanted to eat, all right? Now, I, I want you to hear me, and I, I want you to stay awake. So if you have to pinch yourself, go ahead and pinch yourself. But don't pinch the person next to you. You might get smacked, <laughs> all right? So just pinch yourself or ask them to pinch themselves if they're sleeping, all right? <laughs> we don't want any smacking going on in here, all right? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe that would be a bad thing. Well, sometimes we need a smack, don't we, to wake up. Hallelujah. So listen to me. Um, your heart is the place that was designed by God to grow the will of God in your life. Your heart is the place where the will of God will either grow or die will either flourish or wither away. Right in here. Not your parents' heart, not your children's heart, your heart. And you are the only one who has control over your heart. Very important to understand that. God doesn't have control over our hearts. We're, we're made in his image. We have free will just like he does. Right? Now, you know me. You know I'm, I'm not what you would call an orthodox preacher. I, I'm not interested in religion in the least bit. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I want to know the real Jesus. I want to experience the resurrection power of Christ in my daily life. And I know there's only one way to do it, and it's not through man's religion. It's through taking God at his word. His word, your heart. Your heart is the garden that God's word, your heart is the garden God purpose for his word to grow in your word is the garden God's word was designed to grow in we I've heard some I've had some amazing experiences with Christ since 1989 in my own closet in my own time with him as I walked with him and lived life with him and in 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 amazing meetings with with men and women who had a personal relationship with him but I want you to know transformation comes by simply believing what God said. You personally. Even if your own family thinks you're nuts. 
If your parents reject you, if your children reject you, I made the decision, it doesn't matter. When I was, I began making it when I was 17. I didn't get a Bible till I was 19. And, but once I began reading the Bible, and even before that, I made a decision, I'm going to know God, and I don't care what anybody else thinks of me. I mean, it didn't, I didn't have, read the Bible growing up, but it didn't take me long to realize this world's a mess, right? It didn't take long to realize. I don't know how to tell me that, you know. I grew up in a family that was a mess, and the world was a mess. I knew God had to be better than this, right? And I decided to set my sights on him, no matter what anyone else called me or said about me, no matter what uh, would come my way, I'm going to know him. And, and, and my friends changed. A lot of rejection in my life. My family rejected me. We didn't want me to be a part of the family anymore. But it didn't matter to me. I wanted God. And I see so many um, parents who are letting what their children want determine their walk with God. I love my kids, and I gladly give my life for them in a, in a drop of a hat. But I'm going to follow Christ, no matter what. And I know that's the best thing I can do for them is to follow Christ. The best thing I can do for my wife is to follow Christ with my whole heart. Now, she's right there with me, but even if she said, you know what, I'm not going with you, I'd still follow him because I love her too much. Someone who doesn't encourage you to passionately run after Christ doesn't know what love is. That goes for parents, children, spouses. If someone really loves you, they will cheer you on to follow Christ. If they don't, they're just ignorant. They just don't understand how good God is. So we're not against them. We're not mad at them. So if my wife didn't encourage me to follow the Lord, I'd still love her, right? I'd still, I'd still do my best to be Christ to her. But I would follow Christ for the rest of my, I'm going to follow him. No, she's going to follow him no matter what. We encourage our kids no matter, you know, uh, parents, we're, we're limited in what we, our wisdom are limited in our abilities, but God's not limited. You get to know him for yourself. He can do for you what we can't do for you. He's your real father. He's your heavenly father, right? You've got to get to know him personally. Hallelujah. It's a difference between being a voice and an echo. That was talked about last night. Or was it last, yesterday morning, Saturday morning, at the last session. You can be a voice for, a God, for God or you can just be an echo. An echo, echo has no substance. Voice, being a voice for God comes out of having a personal relationship with God. If you have a personal relationship with Christ, you'll begin, to, uh, re, you'll begin to put forth what he says. You'll begin to radiate with his life and his wisdom and his strength. So let's get in our Bibles. You got your hard copy Bible? Yes. I'm so thankful for this. If you don't have a hard copy Bible, you're cheating yourself. You're cheating yourself and you're allowing the enemy to steal from you because in this book is the word of life that will, that will heal your heart, that will make your heart strong and will keep your heart strong. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Starting in verse 1. In the bottom of the ninth, the beginning, no. In the beginning, 
Do you know that John 1.1 precedes Genesis 1.1? Did you know that? But I thought John 1.1 was written after, well, it was written after, but God knows no time. A thousand years ago, God is. A million years ago, God is. He always is. He never was. He is. <laughs> he always is. Hallelujah. So in the beginning, before there ever was a smartphone, before there ever was uh, drive throughs before there ever was this world that we're living on, before there was ever an angel or a human being, was the Word. His Word, your heart. His Word is the seed your heart needs to be transformed and to begin living the abundant life He came to give you. You can't afford another day without His Word in your heart. That's why we travel anywhere to get the Word of God. We'll drive however many hours we need to drive. We'll fly however many miles we need to fly just to, to be in the presence of the Word of God. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about legalism. Let's, let me, let me, let me, let's just read this and I'll explain to you. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Now, we're not going to read the rest of the chapter, but I encourage you to do so. And if you do, you'll find that the Word, it's talking, the, the, John 1 is talking about the person of Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Why is Jesus referred to in the Bible as the Word of God? Is he a, a pronoun? Is he an adjective? Is he a verb? I didn't do well in grammar. That's all I know. I was looking out the window during grammar. I remember it. The only thing I remember from grammar class was on the bulletin board on the right side of the room was a poster that said, worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. That's a good thing to learn in grammar class, right? I took that with me, boy. True. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why was Jesus called the Word of God? Isn't that a little odd? Well, we, we've come a long way from the heart of God in, in man's attempt to uh, follow God by his own wisdom. But what are words? Well, Jesus taught us out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Words are an expression of what's in our heart. So what is Jesus? He's the expression of the Father's heart. He's the Word of God. So don't get legalistic with it. We're not legalistic here. Legalism will kill you and make you miserable as you die. We're not talking about legalism. We're talking about the heart of God. So I say we'll drive miles to hear the Word of God. Listen, all churches are not the same. I'm not against, uh, I thank God for any church that would tell people that, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let me find my little thing. I just got out of it here. Where was it? Hallelujah. But I want you to know something 
the majority of the body of Christ is, is caught in the trap of religious tradition. Jesus hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we talk about the Word of God here, we're not talking about you dotting all your I's and crossing all your T's. We're talking about the will and heart of God the Father that was revealed to us through His Word. Now we've got to renew our minds to the reality of God. Because when we talk about God, sometimes we think we're talking about an elected official or we're talking about a celebrity. But when we talk about God, as in the beginning was the Word, we're talking about someone who has no beginning. So we go back 10 trillion years and he still is. And sometimes man with his natural mind can't figure out the Bible so he'll come up with his own reasoning to try and explain it. And as a result, he misses out on the spiritual power of it. We have a God that's beyond what your, your, your brain can comprehend. Don't strain your brain. Believe God. Just believe him with your heart. Life has always been a heart thing. Man and Satan have tried to turn it into a body thing or a brain thing. It's a heart thing. Stay in the heart. Walk in the spirit is how the Bible says it. Right? God has no beginning. He has no theories. Man's got more than we could ever count. Right? Theory of this, theory of that. Then they'll change it. They'll say it's not a theory anymore. They just believe it even though there's no proof for it. Evolution is a great example of that. is isn't one, one stitch of proof for it. In fact, there's overwhelming scientific evidence that says that makes no sense. Evolution makes zero scientific sense. I feel for, for young people who are, don't have the word in their lives because they're taught in public schools that, that, and in a lot of the movies and the things on TV, they just weave evolution in there as if that's the truth when there isn't one ounce of scientific evidence for it. Isn't that wild? The best evidence for creation is you. Look at yourself in the mirror. Hold your hands up. Right? You, you, there, that, there's no way that you could be if you weren't designed. I mean, even this p column here, as simple as it is, was designed. Right? We can tell that, was, that didn't grow like that. Right? That was uh, shaped and formed for a purpose. Right? To hold up that support beam there. And this is, boy, this is just simple, isn't it? Just a round column. There's not a whole lot of, uh, of internal parts in that, is there? How about you? Are you? What's more complex, my smartphone or you? It'll always be you. They'll never be able to build a machine like you. You know, Siri's got to be one of the dumbest persons I've ever met. I was just Siri. I mean, you know, come on, get with it, will you? I'll tell you, hey, Siri, you know, send a message to Jennifer, and she'll say something like, um, I don't know. She says, Siri, I'll say it again. She'll say, uh, did you mean? No, send a, send a message to, and sometimes she'll say things. She just doesn't get it, right? You would think voice dictation by this point in time would be perfect, but it's not. Don't you love that spell check? Oh, my goodness. Right? And you're just driving, you're, sending, you're shooting out a message with no hands, and then you read it afterwards, oh my goodness. <laughs> what, what did Siri do to me? 
In fact, Ed, are you here today? Ed and Sue, let's see them. But uh, Ed, Ed sent me a text once, and we were going over their, their house for lunch, and uh, they were making an, an antipasto. And the text said, anti-pastor. It was, it was an anti-pastor salad. So, so it must be poor. Don't eat the salad. Thank God I got the text before I got to the house, right? Jennifer, we go in, they're serving anti-pastor salad, so don't eat the salad. <laughs> so I, I, didn't, I didn't eat it. I didn't, I, <laughs> and I'm still alive. Last time I'm going over their house. <laughs> but we have a God who never has had one theory. He's never read a book. He's never studied anything. He's never learned anything. Do you think about that? Do you think about the greatness of God? We need to. He's never learned anything. He has no hypothesis. How do you say that word? Hypothesis? Hypothesis? He doesn't have any. I mean, think about that. He's always known everything about everything forever. Wow. Before our thoughts in our mind, he knows it. The Bible teaches he's perfect in power. That he knows the end before the beginning starts. Well, Jesus is the expression of this perfect one, right? He's the expression of God's heart. Now, Jesus is the living expression of God's heart, right? He's the living word, the Bible calls him. Do you know the Bible testifies of itself that it's the written word? Jesus is the living word, and the Bible is a written word. And boy, has the devil worked hard to defame this book. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you, if you can get through all the noise and study the accurate history of this book, I recommend Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. Great book. There's many out there. He, but he put two volumes of, of evidence for this book and, and talks about some of the things this book went to. But how nations and, and rulers and political systems and have tried to remove this book from society. Because if people read this book, they'll be free. And governments don't want that. That's what's different about America. And again, I feel for young people, they haven't been taught true American history. They've been, they've been given a picture of a uh, that's just so twisted and so, so distorted. But there were people, not everybody, but there were people who came to this block of land because they wanted to be free to worship God. They wanted to be free. And, and the, the, our, our founding documents, the Declaration of Independence, you should read it. The Constitution, you should read it. Don't, don't let the news read it to you. Don't let politicians tell you what it says. Read it for yourself. That our founding fathers, and they weren't perfect, but they penned this, that, that, that they declared and put it in the foundation of our nation that God, we have God-given rights 
to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our founding fathers didn't want big government. They wanted a a, a nation that was uh, by the people, for the people, of the people. Because they recognized that we were made in the image of God and we have rights that no one can take away because they're God-given. You need to read it for yourself. Amazing documents. Hallelujah. Maybe we get back to that truth that every human being has inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The government's job is not to, to make you safe when you go to Walmart. The government's job is to protect our rights. Don't get persuaded into a political agenda because you're afraid of of not being safe. Safe. Are you kidding me? What a dumb thing to say. Be safe. That's a dumb thing to say to someone. Be safe. Gee, thanks. What does that mean? What am I going to do to do that? Walk in fear? Say, be strong. That's what you say to people. Be strong. Be blessed. Be, blessed. be strong. Be well. Be well. Right? Don't listen to the world's greetings and, and exhortations. They don't know light. They don't know what, what you need. The world can't make you safe. Are you kidding me? Now, naturally speaking, a government should protect its citizens from enemies, foreign and domestic. That's good. But I'm going to tell you what. I just watched a video last night on YouTube. Was it the death rate of the flu is 0.5% and the death rate of COVID is 0.05%? How can a a world shut down their economy? Not every nation, but many nations shut down their economy for something that's uh, less than half the percent of a death rate of the flu because there's an agenda behind it. Satan's agenda is to make you afraid. Man, I feel for people, you know, just walking around and I, you know, they, they look at you like you should have a mask on as if you're not being responsible if you don't wear one. It's the opposite of that. <laughs> the most responsible thing you can do is believe God. That's the most responsible thing a, a human being can do is to rise above the ways of this world and take God at his word. Covering your face. and No, thank you. I don't care if you like my smile. I'm going to smile anyway. <laughs> don't be afraid. Stop being afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. My, oh my, God is so good. God is so good. Jesus is the living word. The Bible is the written word. So the heart of God is revealed both in the person of Jesus and in the Bible. If you don't know the Bible, you don't know his heart. You can have some ideas about his heart. But ideas about God's heart is not going to rescue you from Satan's strategies against you. You have to be skillful in the will of God. You've got to know his will as surely as you know his own name. You've got to know what to rebuke and what to embrace. Jesus taught us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and life abundantly. If it's trying to to steal from you, to, to make your life anything less than abundant, it's not from your father. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Well, I, no, I, no, it's just that simple. 
Religion will talk you out of the simplicity of Christ's redemption for your life. The simplicity of the safety God has provided for you in Christ. I'm in Christ. That means no virus has access to me. And that might sound crazy. That's because you haven't renewed your mind. With the Word of God, you've listened to man preach. It's time to hear the Spirit of God preach through men and women who have embraced His Word. You know, you can go to a seminary and get, get a degree and become a professional minister and not know the heart of God. And boy, does that happen often. Yeah, you can go through your, your religious tradition and, and get all the credentials you need and have no idea what God's will is for your life or the people you're ministering to. And you'll just say the things you've been told. Well, dear, that storm that came into your life, there's a divine purpose behind it. And we don't know what that is, but just embrace it. And, and, and you know, and on the other side, you know, it'll, you know you'll, 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 something good will come out of it. You know, God is so gracious. And I, I, I'm just saying, I talked to the minister, I don't know, months ago. And uh, one of the things out of his mouth is how God is, you know, God is using COVID. And I didn't say anything. I wanted to say, you know, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. But I was polite. I just let him talk. And he's telling me how, you know, God's ways and, you know, how he brought this in this country. And I thought, wow, there's, this is a guy who's been ministering for decades. Doesn't even know the heart of God. Preaching, ministering, doesn't know the heart of God. God has nothing to do with sickness. It is, it is completely contrary to him. He's never been sick. He's never given anyone a sickness. It was never his plan. It's not his will. He doesn't cause it. He doesn't allow it. That shouldn't shock you. You should know that. But, you know, because people have listened to man so much and relied on their understanding, you have to teach people what the will of God is. We should know these things. These are the simple ABCs that Christ revealed to us. You okay? You doing all right? Hallelujah. If sickness is from my father, I need a new father. Hello? Didn't Jesus teach us that in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11? Right? If you want to know what's from God, ask yourself, would I give that to my child? If the answer is no, you know it's not your father. Right? Isn't it simple? It's so simple. Hallelujah. Now look at Psalm 138, verse 2. Let's go there. Psalm 138. Verse 2, hallelujah, I hope you're ready to eat the Word of God this morning. Do you eat the Bible? Do you chew it and eat it and swallow it and digest it and take another bite and chew it some more? Eat the Bible. Don't read it, eat it. Hallelujah, how do I eat it? I meditate on it, I believe it, I speak it. Hallelujah, Psalm 138 verse 2. You keep that up there. I'm going to read from the King James here. This is a psalm of David. God said of David, he was a man after his own heart. His word, your heart. David set his heart on knowing God. You know, David, uh, when the prophet came to David's home to anoint and find the one that God told the prophet to go to David's home for the, the king, the next king was there. And, and David's dad called in all of his brothers, but didn't call in David. Didn't even acknowledge David. 
when the prophet came to his home. Listen, it doesn't matter if people overlook you. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that your heart is connected with God's heart. What was David doing when, when his brothers were doing other things? He was out in the field with sheep, cultivating an intimate relationship with God the Father. Listen to me. If you will do the same, cultivate a private, intimate relationship with the heart of God, it will not matter to you what people think of you. You'll never be afraid again. You will, you will know that you're safe because you'll know your father. You'll know you're safe no matter what uh, the world says is coming. I'm safe because my father is protecting me. Isn't that what Psalm 91 says? Isn't that what Psalm 23 says? Isn't that what Psalm 121 says? Psalm 18, Psalm 27. Do you know these? Why aren't you reading these? Why are you flipping through social media? Why aren't you uh, building a, a, a new life for yourself and meditating in the Word of God? Not legalistically, relationally, right? So David says in verse 1, I'll praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing unto you. I'll worship toward your holy temple and praise your name. This is the one who didn't get called inside when the prophet came. I'll worship toward your holy temple. I'll praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth. For you have magnified your word. The King James says, above all your name. This is the New American Standard. It says, according to all your name. What do God's word and God's name have in common? Well, God in the scriptures would reveal himself to his people. When they came out of bondage, he said, I am Yehovah. We say Jehovah uh, Rofa, the Lord, your healer, the Lord, your physician. I want to be your physician. When you know God as your physician, you won't be afraid of sickness anymore. He's the God who made us well through Christ, and he will keep you well in the midst of a plague. Yes, yes he will. Yes. They can't come well, if you believe that. That's right. If that's in you. That's right. If you're meditating in that reality. Right. If, that's your, if that's what's in your heart. Yeah. If you know Psalm 91. If it's, if it's vibrating and resonating and growing in your heart. You'll experience it. But you're the only one who can choose to, to, to let it grow. So you've magnified your word. So God would say uh, to the Abraham, when, when he asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, he didn't want Abraham to sacrifice his son, but he wanted to uh, show Abraham what he, he was going to do through his son, God the Father that he was going to send his son as a sacrifice, but God provided a ram for that sacrifice. And he revealed, uh, Abraham uh, declared that he is Yehovah, my provider, the Lord, my provider, the Lord, or provision. 
provision. Vision is to see. Pro means before. He's seen ahead of time what your need is and he's provided it for you. So if God is my physician and God has, is my provider, I don't have anything to worry about, do I? So God's name and his word fit together perfectly. God wants to reveal himself to you and he did so through his name and through his word. His living word and the written word. Are you still awake? Pinch yourself again. Come on. Hallelujah. Now, why is this book so important? And I know it's been misused. Come on, I know that, man. I've been beaten up with this thing. You know, I, I was afraid of this thing. I didn't know it. I, I believe what people told me about it. Until I started reading it for myself right before my 20th birthday, I thought, oh, my, why didn't I do this sooner? Why didn't someone tell me what was really in here? Amazing how many people say, well, the Bible says, and it's not in the Bible at all. It's not in there. They've just been told that it says about So why is it so important that we know the living word and the written word? Because we're living in enemy territory. Satan's the God of this world. And he's going to say things to you that are twisted and false. That, but they will have some elements of truth in it. He's clever. Any good con man is, right? But you've got to know for yourself the heart of God. What God has said. Right? I'll give you an example. Uh, healing is something that's been a big part of my life. And it's a part of my ministry. Divine healing. Living healthy the rest of your life. Through simple faith in the word of God. And I was very sick most of my life growing up in a medical family. Not much they could do for me. But when I began reading the word of God, I began uh, to, my whole th my thinking about everything changed. But even after being in the word for six or seven years, I still had a lot of religious thinking that needed to go. I had preachers telling me that sickness was something God uses to teach us things. So I thought, well, I want to learn from God, so I don't mind being sick. That was my thinking. It was wrong. I mean, the, the intention is good. You know, you want to learn from God. But that's goofy thinking. Right? So I didn't want to be goofy. Right? He's a, he's a Disney character, right? That messes things up. I wanted to be Superman. I wanted to save the day. Right? Who are you, goofy or Superman? <laughs> when you start believing Jesus, you'll become Superman. <laughs> no, no kryptonite. The only kryptonite is fear, unbelief, worry, anxiety, which all come from unbelief, right? So I started six or seven years into walking with the Lord, being full of the Holy Spirit, baptizing the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, spiritual gifts. I had experienced some healing, but I didn't know how to walk in it consistently. And, and, and I heard a word from Hebrews chapter 1. Verses 1 through 3, that Jesus is the will of God. And that's what I needed to hear. And I began studying what Jesus said and what Jesus did regarding healing. And I couldn't find any example in the scripture where he made anyone sick because it's not in there. I found just the opposite. He healed and he made whole. So I began studying. And for a good four to six months, I was in that word regarding healing. I just eaten it as much as I could. And about four to six months later, it kicked in. It, 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 it became truth to me. 
Even though it's true here, it's got to become truth to you. And the only way to get it to go from here to here is to meditate in it. To hear it, I would, I would purpose and find good messages that taught the truth, said the same thing Jesus said. You're not going to hear the same thing Jesus says in all churches. That's why we started this place. If you knew how vital it is to be here and hear the word you're hearing, you'd never miss. You wouldn't. It had nothing to do with religious duty at all. Come on, did you eat, did you eat dinner yesterday? Are you going to have dinner today? Is that religious? No, you need to eat, don't you? I can have the most amazing dinner in the world, but the next day, I'll tell you what, I'm probably going to have dinner again. Yeah, we need to eat every day. Didn't Jesus say we can't, we, you can't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God? See, when this ceases to be a book to you and becomes alive, when you recognize this is what came from the lips of the Father, your life will change. And for the moment I started reading this, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes. I knew this came from the very lips of the Father. I didn't know all the history I know now, and I didn't know all the evidence for these scriptures. I didn't know any of that. I just knew this came from the lips of the Father. And it began to change my life. So about six, four to six months into meditating, after six or seven years in Christ, should have known this, should have been told this right at the beginning. But unfortunately, I was listening to the wrong voices. They were ministers, pastors, had, you know, studied the word. And finally, my eyes were open, and I received healing for everything I ever had from my spine and my respiratory system, all kinds of things, and been walking in it ever since. It was 1996. So how many years ago was that? 24? Divine health. used to have my bag of stuff I carried with me that I would take when certain symptoms would pop up. I threw that out 24 years ago. It shouldn't be odd, you know. Someone asks you, you fill out a form, you're not, are you taking this? No, you're taking this. No, you're taking this. No, you're taking this. No, 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 no. Did you read all these questions? Yeah. You're not taking any of these? No. You want to read it again? You want to, maybe you need to, no, I'm not taking anything. You're not taking any medication, no. No, I'm bursting with health. Actually, I do take medication. Let's go to Proverbs 4. Let me show you my, let me show you my medication. And I'm not kidding. I want to show you what I take. We're talking about the Word of God. Your heart, His Word, your heart. It's so important that you know what's in this book and that it becomes alive to you, not a religious tradition and not a duty. But it becomes the bread you live on. Only God's word is like that, where it's just as fresh and hot as the moment he spoke it. Proverbs 4. Verse, let's go to verse 20. Now, um, when you're reading the Bible, you've got to let the Holy Spirit teach you the Bible, not your brain. The only way you can understand the Bible is if you know the heart of the one who wrote the Bible. That's what the Holy Spirit came for, to be your private tutor. 
Now, there are other spirits that will try and teach you the Bible when you're reading the Bible. But remember, Jesus is the expression of God's heart. So if Jesus taught that our Father is good, and some spirit comes along when you're reading the Bible and tries to, to bring you to another conclusion, you don't listen to that voice, right? You've got to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, the same Spirit that Jesus operated with in his ministry. He will never tell anything to you that's contrary to what God the Father said in the Old Testament and what Jesus the Son said in the New Testament or to what the epistles say. He won't do it. Proverbs 4, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in your garden. Right? Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life. Well, let's not go too fast here. So he starts by talking about his words, his sayings, the things that God has said. That we're not to let them depart from our eyes, so we're to read them, right? And we're to keep them in the midst of our heart. Do you know your eyes and your ears are the gateways to your heart? Important to understand that. Your eyes and your ears are the gateway, are the open door, are the feeding tube to your heart. What you choose to look at and what you choose to listen to will determine what goes in your heart. Now, I'm talking about what you choose to fix your... your seeing something once is not going to go in your heart. Okay, I'm talking about what you choose to look at. What you fix your vision on. Right? What you fix your ears on. Right? Now, I grew up lost, getting smashed, and uh, I don't know what age it was, but some maybe around, I don't know, 15 or 16, a friend of mine invited me over his house, and we watched Triple X movies. I don't even know if that's still a term anymore. Is Triple X still? I don't know. They used to call pornographic movies Triple X. I don't know what they are now. And, and got into pornography as a young man, 16, 17 years old. I came to know Christ, and... Uh, I mean, it, it never looked at it again. But I bring that up. When, I, when you come into a relationship with Christ, when you eat something pure, you'll never want anything contaminated again. Yeah. I, I you know, in, 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 the, in the age we're living at now, it used to be in my day growing up, to see something pornographic, you had to really make an effort. You had to go somewhere, like I, my friend had to go, he had to somehow, he got that tape from, as a VHS tape from his uncle, and, and we knew we weren't allowed to do it, and it took a lot of effort to go there, and it's not like that. Now, you simply turn on your computer, and something can pop up. Well, that shouldn't be, but that doesn't bother me, because I'm not going there. Why? Because I eat fresh hot Jesus. And I recognize that that stuff's poison. It's a perversion of what God created, right? The last thing you want to do is put perversion in your eyes and your ears. 
That's why it's so important to not let man tell you who you are and what you need and, and let your identity come from the words of man, but let your identity come from the one who made you. When you're, when you're feeding on him, pornography, are you kidding? Why would I ever want to do that? No more than I'd want to drink a, a, a jar of Drano. Right? Keep them in your eyes and your ears. See, when you experience real love, the last thing you want is the fake thing, right? Fake love. Hallelujah. Better pinch yourself again. Smack yourself if you need to. <laughs> Keep them in the midst of your heart. So if I'm keeping God's word in my vision and in my ears, I'm keeping it, my attention on it, other things can't get in. They can't. I mean, it's amazing how sophisticated spam has gotten, isn't it? Yeesh. I mean, my phone is listening to me right now. I don't know how they do it in all the apps. But I remember years ago, you know, Jennifer walking through a store and she, she mentioned some product and an ad for it pops up on her phone. In like moments. It's very sophisticated, you know, how, how the world tries to get things in your eyes and ears. You have to control what your eyes look at and what your ears listen to. Why? Because your heart is at stake. The, the, what grows in your heart is at, at stake. Now, why, why is God... Listen, God's not trying to take anything from you. He's trying to get something to you. It's called abundant life. It's called life abundantly. It's called health and wholeness. It's called love, joy, and peace. It's called patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's called wealth. For they are life unto those who find them. What's life? What are we reading about? God's Word, right? Isn't that what we're talking about? God's words are life. Unto everyone? Not what it says, isn't it? Unto those that find them, which means you've got to be looking for it. Right? We were getting off the plane last night, and Jennifer lost an earring. So we started looking for it. We you know, pull back the seat cushions, go under the seat. It's tight, cramped in there, but we're looking for it. We want to find it. You've got to push back some things. You've got to look under some things. You've got to move some things aside. You've got to look for the word of God. You've got to search and see. Listen, you will find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. If you haven't found him yet, you just haven't sought for him with all of your heart. This is all about the heart, Christianity, real Christianity. It's all about your heart and God's heart united. You will know him. You will experience him when you give him your whole heart, when you begin pursuing him, no matter what your family says. No matter what your friends say, even if it means losing your job. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, I, I was a professional musician most of my life. And I got into jazz music and I, and I, and I came to Christ and I, uh, I, I met some amazing musicians who were in the Navy band in, in Washington, D.C. And they said, why don't you come audition? And I prayed about it and I felt the Lord wanted me to do it. So I went down and auditioned and I, they wanted me to play. So I started playing for them. And, uh, but you know, there came a point, there'd be times on my job and they could, they could, you know, we'd be traveling, whether it was in, we flew a lot, went to a lot of different countries, played for a, a lot of different events and concerts and 
uh, festivals and you know the guys were I'm riding on the plane I've got this my Bible and a little notebook I'm meditating in the word and you know they're swearing pornography talking about all kinds of things adulterous conversations and I'm there meditating on Proverbs 4 20-23 and they, they didn't know what to think of that one guy one day we're in the locker room getting getting changed and, and he, you know, in his locker, he had a, a bunch of pornographic posters. And I came walking in. I didn't go in the locker room too much. But uh, I came walking in one day. And everyone usually would get quiet when I'd walk in. <laughs> you know, the swearing usually would stop. The conversation would shift a little bit. Yeah, it's nice weather out there, isn't it? You know, <laughs> I, I, I was just following Christ. See, when you're in him, it changes the atmosphere you walk into. One guy was just bent on, on filthy things. So he grabbed this poster off his, his locker and he came running up to me and he just shoved it into my face. I just got dressed and left. You know, it's like, what, what's that going to do to me? You know? And when the word of God is in you, there's nothing that can move you. Shove a pornographic picture in my face. Oh boy. Oh no. What do I do now? Just keep going, right? We're not afraid of anything. No one can make you fall. No one can make you fall. Why? Because God's the one who holds you up. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. Where's that at in the Bible? Have you read it? Anybody know? Isaiah 41, verses 10 and verse 13. That was in my little notebook back in the day. It's in my heart now, boy. For they are life. I'm talking about the medicine I take, right? Your, his word, your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their whole body, to all their flesh, King James. Let's stop right there. For they are life unto those that find them. So if you're not seeking them with all your heart, you're not going to find them. If you've been offended by man's religion, let it go. Don't let the ignorance of what man says about the Bible keep you from the Bible. You need to know this personally. God's word is life to those who find them. Now this word health, that's a good word, right? We understand what health means. But in the Hebrew, the word literally means the medicine, the cure, and the remedy. God's words are the medicine, the cure, and the remedy for our whole body. And I take it every day. And this medicine has the side effects, does have side effects. Your muscles get stronger. Your heart gets stronger. Your bones get stronger. Your nervous system gets stronger. Your respiratory system gets stronger. Your brain becomes sharper. Your mind is, becomes sound. You have more peace and more joy. These are the side effects. Yeah. Love, joy, peace. So it does have side effects. But I don't have to read them real fast like they do at the end of those commercials. 
it will kill you. You'll probably die. No, I can just tell you the side effects because there's no disclaimer needed. I don't have to say it fast. I can say it real slow. It will make you whole. It will make you whole. God's word will make you whole. You say, but I believe God to be healed and I didn't experience it. Stay in the word. Stay there. Keep meditating on it. You know, we planted those gardens. We put the seed in the ground. We didn't see anything for a long time. Next day, nothing. Didn't look any different the day before. Next day, no different. We went out and watered it. We didn't see anything. Next day, nothing. Where's the... Why are we doing that? We believe a seed's going to come up. Something's going to grow. That's how you read the Word. You believe that it's working in you. Right? I mean, my dad was a pharmacist. I took all kinds of prescriptions. Some prescriptions for antibiotics, they they tell you, you take these for 10 days no matter how you feel. Because maybe after about five, six days, you start feeling better and you think, I don't want to finish the prescription. They would say, don't do that. Even though you're feeling better, take the full prescription. It's like that with the Word of God. No matter how you feel, keep taking it. Keep taking it. Keep taking it. Keep meditating in it. You're not going to see, uh, chances are you're not going to see any difference in one, you know, sitting down and reading the Word one time. Probably won't do anything for you, depending on where your heart's at. But we read this thing. Let's see. We got time. We're going to get one more scripture before we go. So God's Word, verse 23. Let's get verse 23 in there. Keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life, the springs of life, one translation said. It's the wellspring of life, one translation says. You know what? We're not going to, I'm just listening here. See, I don't want to go too fast. All right, so let's stay in Proverbs. I was going to go to to Mark. I'm going to have to wait for next week for that one. See, it's important when someone's ministering the Word of God, they're listening to the Spirit of God. I don't subscribe to, a, to a, a message service and they send me an outline and notes and, okay, I'm going to preach this this Sunday. And I, and I appreciate people say, well, 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 you should preach on this. You should preach. And I understand that. There's, there's only about, you know, 17,000 topics I like to preach on. But what I do is I ask the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, I was on a plane last night, all week, two weeks ago, saying, you know, October 25th, what's in your heart? And this is what came up. His word, your heart. Help them to prepare their heart for the growth of my word. For the harvest of my word. Teach them to, to get my word, to put my word in their heart, to keep it in there so that the abundant life I came to give them would blossom and flourish and grow. I said, okay, yeah, it is harvest season, right? You know, there's no harvest if you don't have any seed in the ground, right? People want to see God do things in their life, but they don't have any seed in their heart. His word's not in their heart. God doesn't have anything to work with. you telling me God can't do whatever he wants? No, he can't. Who told you that? Where did you get that idea? Not from the scriptures. God can't lie. He can't act in in contradiction to his own word. He can't. He has set up a system to bless you. But if you don't enter into it, you're going to miss it. What is his system? Believe his word. 
<laughs> what did he tell Joshua? Meditate in my word every third Sunday of the month. No, day and night. Wow, this is pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, it's everything. Everything. Man, I've been in all kinds of different churches and I feel for the people who go to them. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's about some kind, I don't know, community thing like and like some charity or something you know we come together we have bake sales and we have nice stories and we have nice events but they don't know the word they're not experiencing the, the abundant life christ getting man you can have all the bake sales you want give me jesus please give me some fresh hot jesus i'm living in enemy territory i need power i need strength i need weapons at work God's word is the weapon that works in your life when Satan comes against you. But if you don't know the word, you're not going to know what to do. Many times in the last 24 years, Satan came against me, tried to take my health from me. Many times. If I didn't know what Christ did for me, if I hadn't planted these seeds in my heart and meditated in them, I would have folded. Folded many times over. And, and Satan will tempt you, well, you know, maybe this is that. And, you know, maybe if you, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll, something good will come out of this. And what a lie. Nothing good comes out of sickness. Nothing. Ever. If sickness were allowed to take its course, death would be the result. You know, that's true of anything, even a cold. If it was allowed to take its full course, if your body couldn't fight against it, if there's something wrong with your immune system, you know you'd die. Isn't that amazing? That's the goal of sickness, to remove you from the planet, to keep you from fulfilling your destiny. It's an enemy. Always has been, always will be. Well, it always will be because when Christ comes, it's going to be done, right? It's done for us now, isn't it? It's done for us now, isn't it? It's done for us now, isn't it? It was done for me in 1996. How about you? Can you say that as surely as you know your name? It's done in my life. If you can't, get in the Word until you can. It's done for me. I'm healed. I'm healthy. I'm strong. This is who I am now because of the Word of God. Because of the Word of God. It's the cure. It's the remedy. It's the medicine for my whole body. God's word is amazing. Not only is it the seed, which we're going to look at next work next week, but it's it's the fertilizer. Yes. It it fixes the soil that it's in. Your heart is a soil, so your heart might be uh, have some stuff in there that that yes. needs to go. But God's word will fix will clean out your heart. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like I don't know if they still have. They still have mir miracle grow. <laughs> I used to see that as a kid on TV. But, uh, you know, this substance you put on your plants, and instead of your tomatoes being this big, they're like this big, you know. That's God's Word, you know. But it's, it's everything in one. It's the seed that you want to grow. It's the fertilizer for the seed. It's the purifier of the soil. It's the water. It's, it's amazing how God want, really wants you to have this. So He made it really simple. Just read and believe, speak and believe His Word. We're going to have to continue next week. God loves you guys so much. He really does.
At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.